Hey everyone, welcome to the very first ever episode of the Right Call Podcast. I'm your host, Matt, and thanks for joining us. We talk about things from sports, life, music, whatever. Whatever, uh, you know, comes across our ideas for that day. Uh, Today we're going to talk about some sports, most specifically basketball. Uh, That's what's going on right now. We're going to the deep uh, part of the season. We're fixing to get into the playoffs, where everyone's most excited about. Uh, first and foremost, I'm a Phoenix Suns fan. Have been for the better part of 20 years. I didn't just jump on the bandwagon. Uh, I started being a fan when we got old Steve Nash back uh, in the Valley. Um, we started at seven seconds or, uh, or less offense, and we decided that uh, you know we were going to change the game more or less uh, as far as pace and space and not uh, more fundamentals, which everyone has seemed to adopt these days. Um, that being said, I really believe that as a Suns fan, this is our year. Last year, I was highly convinced that last year was our year. We got through the playoffs uh, pretty easily. I mean, yeah, we went through a couple six-game series, but, um, you know, we did pretty well. And then we get to the finals, and we're up 2-0, and I'm like, oh, man, this is it. Like, we're going to win. This is this is it. Like, this is what every Suns fan has waited for. The basketball gods are finally going to, you know, bless us with something good after so many years of misery and then the basketball god said no we're gonna give it to this guy Giannis and it is what it is you know there were some some days where I thought you know what Giannis is getting some ridiculous foul calls and he's shooting more free throws than the whole team but you know what at the end of the day they played better than us it is what it is you know kudos to the champs um but this year we've we've picked it right where we left off last year we are so locked in, and our chemistry is ridiculous. We're the only team in the league right now with 60 wins. Probably going to be the only team in the league finished with 60 wins. And we're just putting everyone on notice. Like, hey, last year wasn't a fluke. We've, ever since the bubble, we've just completely changed the way Phoenix basketball is looked at. Um, I think that Chris Paul has a great deal to do with that. Um, I, for one was ecstatic when we resigned him on that four-year deal because he's earned every penny. And I know he's got an injury history, but that man really is about winning and he can change an entire culture. Uh, then we've got DeAndre Ayton, who, in my opinion, doesn't get enough love. He is a walking double-double if he puts his mind to it. And frankly, I think he needs to focus more on rebounds. I mean, when you're that athletically gifted, uh, I think he needs to rebound more. So, you know, fair is fair. But he deserves the max. That guy is doing all the right things. You know, he's a number one overall pick, former, and, uh, you know, he's sacrificed. He's a third option behind Chris Paul and Devin Booker, and he's not complaining whatsoever. He says, this is my role, I'll own that. And there's nights like about a week ago where he went off for, you know, 30-plus points, and, you know, he showed everyone, hey, I'm pretty good at this basketball thing. Uh, And then there's, you know, Devin Booker, who I personally think should have more MVP uh, consideration. He's... One of the best, if not the best player on the best team in the league. He took the team over when Chris Paul was down with that thumb injury. And he was out for a month. We didn't lose a step. He was out for about 11, or he played only 11 games without Chris Paul. And they went 8-3 and three in that time frame. Took over the offense, showed, hey, I can pass the ball as well as score. And on the anniversary of the 70-point game, he dropped 49. This guy is who I deem little mama. He's got that Mamba mentality. He can take over games when needed, and he is a bona fide star. So I understand it's probably going to go to Jokic or Embiid, but I think Devin Booker needs to get some love thrown his way. You know, he's 
everyone complained when he was, you know, just putting in empty stats on a losing team. Okay, fine. But now we're on a winning team, and he's got those same stats, and we're winning. So I really think that we need to show more love to Devin Booker. Uh, obviously give credit to, to the rest of the team. You know, guys like Cameron Payne stepped up when Chris Paul was out, and we got guys like Cam Johnson off the bench. Uh, Michael Bridges, who, by the way, needs to be the defensive player of the year. If he's not defensive player of the year, then, frankly, I don't know what's going on with these voters. Like, there's money in the pocket or something, because Michael Bridges is guarding positions one through five, and he is locked in a mob. I mean, he's got all over the place. He's just covering all ends of the court, and he's playing the most minutes on the team, I believe. Um, you know, and he's he's just a workhorse. When we got him from Philly on draft night, I said, this guy's going to be important to us. And this year, he's actually taken a step forward in the offensive game. He's had some pretty good offensive games lately. Um, I think that, you know, rewarding him with that 80 plus million dollar deal was a smart move. We need to lock up our, our core and our future uh, moving forward if we want to remain contenders. Uh, you know, the cap is eventually going to get to us, but we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Um, I, for one, was happy to see Tory Craig back. I did not want to see that guy leave in free agency. I understand he wanted more money and guarantees, um, which we, we just couldn't offer to him. But, you know, I'm glad that we brought him back in the Valley. Um, and he's, you know, fit right back in with the team like he did last year. Uh, he's one of those great glue guys that just hustles and plays great all-around basketball. Uh, that really flies under the radar. Um, next, let's talk about the Lakers. The Lakers, to me, like everyone, drastically have underperformed. You know, when you get a guy like Russell Westbrook in the offseason, and you form that big three, expectations, obviously, are championship bust. I don't know what's going on. He has not been the Russell Westbrook of old. Now, I get it. That's probably part of the team and the coaching. And, you know, he's just, he's not playing his game. I think he's overthinking a lot and trying to just make it work. But like, he needs to get back to being MVP Russ. LeBron is LeBron. He will figure out how to make the game work. And, you know, fair is fair. Anthony Davis can't stay healthy, so I don't really think you got to worry about him. Um, but Russell Westbrook, man, I think, unfortunately, though, he's not going to get out of L.A. this year, uh, you know, in the season coming up. Um, if he does, it's just because someone wants his expiring contract. But I think he's in L.A. another year, which if I'm him, I'm trying to get out of there. That's just a toxic environment. The team is not using you to your full capabilities. And just the ridicule from the fans, man. L.A. fans are just brutal. Um, but Russell Westbrook, man, he's not washed like people think. I think Russell Westbrook just needs to do a new team. Uh, and basically show everyone, hey, I'm, I'm still really good at this basketball thing. Uh, Anthony Davis, we'll cover him in another, and maybe the next episode, but I, I just think he needs to shut down for the season. He's talking about, you know, a week or so ago, how the Suns got away with one last year, and then we smashed him by 30. But, um, you know, for a guy who can't stay healthy, I think he just needs to stop talking. You know, it's great to have confidence and everything, but when you can't even stay healthy and you've missed – more than half of your team's games in a season, you know, and you get back from your first injury and then you play a game or two and then you get hurt again. You've been out for weeks. Yeah, I think you need to just sit there and just take the L's. And then what can we say about the King? LeBron is LeBron, still doing things in year 19. 
you know, age 37, doing things that frankly nobody should be doing. He's putting up 50-point games, playing center, and he's just leading the league in scoring. These are things that the great Kobe Bryant couldn't do, the great Michael Jordan couldn't do, you know, like everyone says, Father Time is undefeated, and eventually he'll catch up to LeBron. But what we're witnessing from LeBron in year 19 is unprecedented. And frankly, I don't think we'll ever see this ever again. You know, people like to hate on LeBron and you know, call him a choke artist for his finals record and this, that. But we need to appreciate what we're witnessing right now. Like, this is beyond greatness. This is legendary. LeBron James is literally a once-in-a-lifetime type player. Michael Jordan and Kobe were, you know, generational scorers who, yeah, at will, they could score. But I think it's so funny about how LeBron has always molded his game out on passing like magic, but he is literally about to catch the all-time scoring record. LeBron James is going to go down, in my personal opinion, as the greatest ever. Other people will say Michael Jordan, and they'll you know, throw the argument six for six. Like someone once said, though, you take out those six championships, and what do we got? Let's just take stats. LeBron, to me, would beat Jordan. He's just too big, too fast, and too powerful. Now, I'm not taking away from Michael. Michael Jordan's Michael Jordan. But LeBron James is a point guard in a power forward's body. And I just think that he's just such an anomaly as far as position and as well as just the the way the game is played. Nobody in history has the stat line of 35,000 points, 10,000 rebounds, and 10,000 assists in a career. We need to recognize this greatness and appreciate it for what it is because I don't think we've got but maybe three or four more years left of LeBron. He's only waiting for Bronny. That's a fact. Wherever Bronny goes, that's where he's going to ride out his career, and that is what it is. I wish him the best. But while he's still, as crazy as it is to say, in his prime, we need to appreciate it for what it is before it's gone. Um, Now let's go to the playoff picture. I think that the West is obviously a little bit more concrete than the East. Um, I think our real competition out West is obviously Memphis, because John Morant and them are just unbelievable. Uh, They really turned this around. Uh, Golden State, now that they've got Clayback and Draybaud and the emergence of Jordan Poole, they're going to be scary. I'm not going to lie to you. In a seven-game series, I think we'll prevail, but... I would be lying if I said I wasn't a little concerned for Golden State. I'm not that worried about Denver or Utah. Um, not really the Clippers, uh, to be honest with you. Um, but Memphis and Golden State are looking like they're going to be a problem. Yeah, Golden State doesn't have stuff right now. And, you know, they're they're not playing to that capability. But they're still a deep team. Uh, Memphis without John Moran is still winning. 
So I think that that attests to their um, their depth. But when John Morant comes back, I mean, they're just going to be that much scarier. Um, but, you know, the playoffs are known for, uh, for upsets, and we'll see if there are any. Uh, out east, though, uh, Miami is struggling. They were my dark horse team to come out of the east just because of their grit and grind. Um, I think they kind of lost that identity a little bit, not much, when they let Jay Crowder leave. Um, Jay Crowder would have um, really helped that team get that um, get that edge. Uh, that's why I'm really glad we picked him up because he's really just brought that bulldog mentality um, to our team that historically has lacked defense. We've always been an offensive-driven team. Um, but him and Mike Caldake for a dangerous one-two punch defensively. And then, you know, obviously you got DeAndre. But anyway, Miami, right now they're slumping. I think that they'll rebound. You know, they'll get focused. They're Miami. You know, you got too many, too many studs on that team to completely fall out. I think Brooklyn is going to start to get better now that they've got Kyrie on a full-time basis. I don't think that they're smart to let Ben Simmons come back. Just shut him down for the year. He'll come back next year. It'll be what it's going to be. Um, I think integrating him now, heading into the playoffs, is a terrible idea because you're just asking for failure. He hasn't played in a year. He's not in shape. He's got a back injury. And last year, he was crucified for his playoff performances. You're going to throw him to the Wolves in the playoffs. I think just shut them down, write out what you got, hope for the best. Um, Milwaukee's obviously, you know, dangerous. They still got the reigning uh, MVP of Fido's MVP of Giannis. Uh, Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are, you know, obviously a great two and three options. Um, but I really think that uh, they're, they're going to be a deep team. The Celtics... The Celtics were surging, and I really thought they were going to do something. But now that they've lost Robert Williams, I don't know. I think Robert Williams was a big piece of their their identity. Yeah, you've got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum. Um, I don't think that those two are enough to get them over the hump, though. I think that it's going to be more of the same. I'll be shocked if they get past the second round. I'd personally break that duo up. I think that the team is more invested in Jason Tatum than they are Jalen Brown. So I would probably trade Jason Br- or Jalen Brown while you have um, value on him. You could pretty much get any draft pick you want and probably some good support players for him. And you just build around Jason Tatum. As much as I hate to say that, but that, that duo is just not, they're just not built for championships. Um, Philly. Even though they got James Harden, I'm not scared of Philly at all. Like, if I'm the other Eastern Conference teams, I'm looking at Philly and I'm like, they're no better than they were last year. And I say that, yeah, Joel Embiid's still playing MVP. And rightfully so, if he gets the MVP, I'm not even mad about it. I mean, I want Devin Booker, but I think Joel deserves it. Um, But James Harden's still James Harden. James Harden is still the same guy who can't shoot. 
And people were saying, oh, he drops 30 and 40 points. Yeah, but a lot of that was coming to the free throw line. And now they, since they changed the rules, he can't flop his way to 30 free throws a game. His offense has struggled. He can't shoot threes. He thinks he's Steph Curry, and he just can't shoot like that. So I think that it's ultimately going to go back to relying on Joel Embiid. James Harden's going to shoot himself out of the game. Joel's going to put too much on him. And at that point, I would just double up Embiid. You let James Harden tire himself out with those stupid dribble moves he does. He's going to brick 80% of his three-pointers. And then he's going to get sloppy. And then James Harden will do what he always does. And he'll get tired and get annoyed. And he'll quit. Last year I watched... Or not last year. I'm sorry. Uh, when Two years ago in the bubble when he was playing the Lakers. I saw him get so frustrated that he literally just... If he didn't have the ball, he just stood there and didn't, didn't try to do anything. I think James Harden is overrated. That's just me. I think that he's a diva who thinks that he's better than what he is. He, yeah, he balls out in the regular season. And honestly, his one MVP, he shouldn't have gotten. It should have went to LeBron. But they said, okay, we didn't give it to you the year before, so we'll give it to you this year. Um, but he's, he, he chokes every playoffs. He chokes every playoffs. And honestly, that year where Houston, when he had Chris Paul, was one game from the finals... That was all Chris Paul. Because what happened once Chris Paul got hurt? Golden State shut him down. James Harden shot himself out of the game. He's, yeah, he could pass, and I'll give him that. But he's also leading the league in turnovers, and he can't shoot. Um, I think that they got they were smart to hang on to those young guys in uh, Tybal and Maxi. Um was very surprised to see him get rid of Andre Drummond and Seth Curry being as how vital they were to the team. Um, but it's worked out really good for Brooklyn and, um, I don't know. I just, I don't think that Brooklyn or Philly's going to go as deep as everyone thinks they are. Um, the rest of the East, I'm not really concerned about. I mean, you got the, the Atlanta Hawks and, and whatnot, but I just, I really don't see, I don't see the same team uh, that went deep last year. And especially with John Collins being hurt, um, I, just, I just don't see it. Um, that being said, I'm going to go and make my pick now. I'm going to pick... I'm going to pick my sons in the finals for the West, of course. And out East, I'm going to choose... I'm going to choose Miami. I'm saying Suns in Miami in the finals. That way, when when the finals come, no one can say, hey, you only picked this team because it happened. No, I'm picking it right now on April 1st, 2022, Suns Heat NBA Finals. Other news in basketball, we got the NCAA tournament going on. We'll talk about the men's final four and then the uh, women's final four. Uh, so tonight's going on with the women's final four. We got uh, Stanford in Yukon, I believe, and then Louisville in South Carolina. I got South Carolina taking down Louisville, and I got Yukon taking down Stanford. 
Then for their championship, I'm going to go with UConn. It's very hard to count out UConn. I understand that like South Carolina is another powerhouse and Louisville is also really, really good. But I don't know. There's just something about UConn women's that's just unmatched. Like they're better than some men teams. And then you got Paige Buchner's and she's just incredible. She's She's just doing things that, um, you know, we haven't seen in a long time. Uh, I really want UConn to go all the way. Uh, on the men's side, we got uh, Villanova in Kansas. And then we got the infamous Duke versus UNC. I'm going to pick Kansas to top Villanova. Um, Self is just doing another great job of coaching that team. Um, every year, you know, they're... They're real threats to win it all. Um, and once again, they're, they're showing that. Uh, when it comes to UNC and Duke, I've always historically rooted for North Carolina. I really didn't think North Carolina was going to do very well heading into the tournament, to be brutally honest with you. Um, just as bad as they were um, early in the season. But they seem to have found that spark that UNC basketball um, has had uh, heading into the Final Four. That being said, though, it's also Coach K's last ever tournament. I think emotions are going to be high. I think there's extra motivation extra motivation on the uh, Duke side. I got to go against North Carolina this time. I got to choose Duke. I think that those boys are are motivated for Coach K. You've got a potential top three draft pick over there. Um, I'm going to go with Duke. I'm going to go Duke, Kansas for the championship. Uh, and then from there, I'm going to go ahead and choose Duke. I'm gonna choose Kansas. I think that all good things have to come to an end, unfortunately, for Coach K. Uh, we obviously all want to go out on a high note and win championships. But um, I just think, I think Kansas has it this year. Um, so we'll see. We'll see if my picks come true. UConn for women's and Kansas for men. That's who I'm choosing. Um, we'll see who goes number one in the draft. Uh, I think Holmgren lost some ground losing so early in the tournament. Um, yeah, he debuted pretty well and looked pretty decent in round two, but I just think with you losing that early on and you were pretty much a non-factor. I think you lose some credibility going to number one. Um, it really comes down to Jabari Smith out of Auburn um, and Panchero out of Duke. Depending on who gets the number one pick right now, I think it's a tie between Orlando and Houston. If I'm Orlando, I go with Smith but if I'm Houston, I think I go with with the big fella out of out of Duke. Um, the reason I say that is because you've already got enough you've got enough people who do what what Banchero does out of Duke on in Orlando. Jabari Smith though can easily slide into the three. Um, you really lack 
that position though. So yeah, you got Cole Anthony or Markel Fultz if you want to run at the at the one. Um, and honestly, you could run the other one at the two if you really wanted to. Um, three is just a big gaping hole though. But then you got Wagner. You've also got um, Jonathan Isaac at the four. And then you got Wendell Carter and Mobamba at the five. Like I just don't see the point of dr- drafting a guy that really does the same thing of what you already have. You're just stunting the growth of someone else. But it is the Orlando Magic, so they'll probably make a bad choice, to be honest with you. I mean, it is the Magic. There's a reason that they're not very good. Um, and then for Houston, you could do the same thing with with the guy out of Duke because, yeah, you've got Christian Wood, but you could move Christian Wood to the five to complement him. Or you could just run him as an underside or as an oversized three um Benchero that is um and I think it would work I just Jabari Smith I mean I think he could fit in Houston too but I think that the smart move would just put Jabari Smith at in Orlando if he get a chance and then Chet uh can go three uh to Detroit I believe I think him going to Detroit would be awesome um I think he would complement that team very well because then you would have um, Olenek off the bench. You could have Bagley on the bench. And you could still accommodate Jeremy Grant. Um, but we'll see, though. You know, we'll see. You know, the, the draft isn't, uh, you know, till the summer. We'll see what happens in June and rounding into July. And hopefully... Uh, you know, these teams make some good picks and hopefully turn their fortunes around. Um, next thing on our list, let's talk Let's talk more sports. But let's shift it to baseball. I'm a big St. Louis Cardinals fan, have been my entire life. Uh, there was this guy named Mark McGuire once upon a time. He was pretty good at baseball. Uh, got caught up in some, some PED scandal nonsense, but, you know... Us Cardinals fans love them all the same. But recently, there's been a return of an icon. Something that I have been dreaming about for the better part of 11 years now. I'm talking about El Hombre, a.k.a. The Machine, a.k.a. one of the greatest Cardinals of all time. I'm talking about Albert Pujols. When it was announced that his contract ran out, you know, the Dodgers didn't keep him, and obviously the Angels traded or released him. Um, I was really hoping we were going to bring him back. I really was. His best friend on the team, Yadier Molina, is retiring after the season. Adam Wainwright, another uh, lifelong Cardinal, is probably going to retire after the year. I thought it's only fitting. These guys have won championships with Albert. These are pretty much, if I'm not mistaken, the only two from our last championship team still on the team. You would be foolish as Cardinals not to bring him back for that. The sheer joy those three are going to have just playing with each other again, I think that they're going to have some of the best baseball of their lives. Yeah, they're older, but they 
have shown that they still got stuff in the tank. I mean, Adam Wainwright pitched pretty well last year. Yachty is still a, a workhorse. And my man Albert Pujols in limited action still has power in that, in that bat. I hope to God to see him uh, get to the 700 club, but we'll see. See if he, uh, you know, is able to do it. I really hope he does. Um, him being able to come home, though, I can't begin to express how happy that makes me. Um, he has done so much for our franchise for the first 11 years he was with us. He dominated the sport in ways that nobody has. If he would have retired after 11 years, he would have went to the Hall of Fame right then and there. No questions asked would have went to the Hall of Fame. He brought three MVPs, two championships, three World Series appearances in his first tenure with the team. I, for one, was disgusted we didn't offer that man the contract he wanted the first time. All he asked for was 10 guaranteed years. He said, the money isn't it. I just want 10 guaranteed years. I'd have given it to him. At that point, you have earned every penny and and you have earned the right to get a contract like that, okay? But it is what it is. He found a team that was willing to give it to him. So be it. I, for one, am happy to see him end his career where it started. This is his final year as well. Um, I think, honestly, he's as happy to be back in St. Louis as me and so many other Cardinals fans are. Um, He understands. This is home. This is home. Um, That being said, I like our team. Per usual, we struggle with pitching. We're going to struggle this year, too. Um, The injury bug's already got um, Flaherty. Um, Hopefully, he rebounds pretty quickly. Um, our rotation looks pretty good. I don't like Nicholas that much, to be honest with you. I, I, I don't know what we were thinking of signing that guy to a contract extension. He had one decent year, and we're like, hey, here's more money that you, frankly, haven't earned, but whatever. Um, in true Cardinals fanship, we haven't naturally upgraded the bullpen the way we should have. That is going in every year our worst area. It'll it'll play a joke on us and fool us into saying thinking that it's it's fixed and hey this is a new and improved bullpen from the St. Louis Cardinals but it's not. Come about July or September, we're gonna be struggling. Actually, probably around August. August is usually when we slump. We have an annual slump every year in August. I don't know what it is, but August comes and we just we can't figure it out. And then I get worried and somehow we figure it out and we get to the playoffs, but. Um, you know, I think Albert Poole is going to complement the, the offense really well. We got Arenado, Goldschmidt, Yachty, uh, geez, um, and then we got O'Neal. He'll probably make the roster. Uh, you know, we, we just got a, we got a team that I think is going to do well this year. Um, you know, knock on wood. Um... The Braves, I was shocked to see them let Freddie Freeman walk. I think the moment they traded for Olsen, that was, I mean, everyone knew. Um, but it's kind of similar to the Albert Pujols situation. Here you have a lifelong franchise icon. You just won a World Series. 
and you don't re-sign them. I just, you know, these teams, I just, I don't understand it. You've got these guys that want to be with you, but they're asking for a number of years, and you're like, no, I don't want to do it. There's no loyalty anymore. You know, it used to be that, you know, people were loyal to the players just as much as players were loyal to the teams. There's no more loyalty anymore. It's all about who's going to give me the most money and, okay, who's going to help me win this year and we'll figure it out next year. I hated to see him go to the Dodgers. I understand why he went to the Dodgers. I don't like it. I mean, he's he's going to make that team dangerous. I mean, he's Freddie Freeman. He's I mean, he just won the MVP like a, two years ago. Um, but I just, I don't, I don't like it. The, do- the rich get richer. That's what it is. It's the rich get richer. Um, I don't think the Braves are going to do much this year now that you've lost Freeman. Yeah, you've brought back a majority of your team. You lost, you know, some key members of your championship winning team, but you just lost, you lost major production in the form of Freddie Freeman. I think the Dodgers are obviously going to contend. I think let's go. Matter of fact, let's let's go ahead and run down division winners this year. I got my Cardinals coming out of the Central. I got the Dodgers coming out of the West. Um, I'll go with the Phillies out East. And. Yeah. For the American League, I'll go with the I'll go with the Twins for the Central. East, I'll go As much as I don't want to, I'm going to go Boston. And then West, I'm going to go with Houston. I'm going to go with Houston. I wonder if the Angels I wonder if the Angels are going to are going to finally turn it around. I mean, Mike Trout um, should be healthy this year. You got Otani, who's unbelievable. They made some additions. I think they'll probably finish third in division, though. One has to think, man, like, if I was Mike Trout, if my ultimate goal was winning championships, I know this is going to kind of contradict my previous statement about loyalty, but, like, I'd get out of Los Angeles. Yeah, they're paying you large sums, you know, like a ridiculous contract, but... The team hasn't been good. I think you've made the playoffs once. Once in the last 10 years. Like. I don't know. I, I don't see that team doing much. Um, and then your your last big free agent signing of. Um, what's his name from Washington. You know he, he was. He was a non-factor 
Then your pitching was terrible. Um, I think with that new rule, though, uh, for the DH, uh, especially for pitchers, uh, you know, they could still be a bat. That's going to be good for Otani. He's surprising me, I'll be honest. I mean, I knew he was good, but a lot of people do not transition from Japan to, to the United States very well. And that guy's obliterating. He's he's like the... He's the greatest thing to come out of Japan since Ichiro. And Ichiro was phenomenal. I loved Ichiro. Um, he'll probably have another MVP caliber season. Uh, and if Mike Trout can stay healthy, I think that they're going to be dangerous, but I think they're going to win. Um, that being said, let's go ahead and pick some MVPs. I'm picking it now, heading into the season, because I think we're only about a week, week and a half away from, from opening day. For the American League, I'm going to choose... I'll choose either Otani or Mike Trout. It's going to be one of those two. And then... For the National League, I'm going to choose... I'm going to choose... That was a little harder. It's hard to think. Because Bryce Harper had a resurgence last year. But then you got Freddie Freeman just what the year before that. People don't typically repeat uh, MVPs these days. Hmm. I'll say Tatis Jr. He was doing really well before he got hurt last year. I know he's. I think he's battling an injury right now, but I think he's going to come back and and he's going to kill it. So. I got Tatis Jr. coming out of the National League, and I got Trout or Otani coming out of the American League. Um, the NFL. What an offseason. What an offseason. Um, very surprised of all these trades. Um, especially something like Russell West or Russell Wilson. Um, I mean, we knew he kind of was looking to move on from Seattle. But for them to get him to to Denver for what, in my personal opinion, pennies on a dollar, like that was a great pickup for Denver. Um, I think that he'll do well. well I'll, I think that he definitely helps them become true contenders. Um, I don't know if they're going to necessarily come out of the AFC, but um, they they're going to be dangerous. I think if Russell Wilson can stay healthy and he can get that offense clicking, I think they're going to be dangerous. Um, then you got the Patriots. They're going to be they're going to be pretty good. Mac Jones is much more pro ready than I thought he was coming out of Alabama. I mean, like Alabama is obviously Alabama, but for him to come in. And play like he did. He he showed he belonged. Um, and then you got Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow is 
I don't know, say he came off an ACL tear and took his team to the freaking Super Bowl. And my goodness. Um, and then, you know, they, they boosted their offensive line. So I think that they're going to be good, hopefully. Um, the Browns getting Deshaun Watson surprised me, especially because nobody wants to go to Cleveland. Um, and the fact that, you know, nobody, nobody really thought he was going to go to Cleveland. They all kind of thought, all right, he'll go to maybe the Falcons or New Orleans. Um, but to see him go to Cleveland shocked me. I mean, I get it, obviously. He took it because of the money. And they were like, yeah, we're going to give you fully guaranteed. You know, he'd be stupid not to take that deal, even if he never wins. You're $200 million cheap or richer. Um, that being said, I I do not like the way the Browns handled this Baker Mayfield thing. Baker Mayfield embraced Cleveland. Nobody wants to go to Cleveland. And he embraced it and gave you the greatest success you've seen in probably 30 years. Nobody was talking about the Browns in a positive light or even had confidence in the Browns until Baker Mayfield got there. He changed the culture. Now I get it, he can be rough around the edges, but he's a winner. And he played last year hurt for the team. He could have easily sat out and got surgery when he got hurt initially. And your season would have been down the drain. But he said, no, let me go out there and get... Give it all I got, week in and week out. And he still threw for 3,000 yards and did pretty good. His interceptions were high, but again, the team wasn't very good, and he played hurt. He did that for the team. I hope he gets out of there. Um, I wanted him to go to the Colts. Obviously, that's no longer an option with him having that Ryan. Um... I don't know where he's going to go. I want him to start because he's he's still pretty good. But I just don't, I don't know where he goes other than Seattle or Atlanta at this point. I don't think that Atlanta would be very good. And now that there's really no weapons out in Seattle, I really wouldn't want him to go there either. But you still do have DK Metcalf. And that guy is an animal. So, I don't know. Maybe he ends up in Seattle. That would be pretty cool. Um, maybe he makes it work. I'd like him to go to the AFC and just kill Cleveland every year. But we'll see. I hope that Cleveland never wins another game again. Um, I was rooting for him with Baker Mayfield. And this is coming from a guy I did not like Baker Mayfield in college. I thought he was very arrogant and, and just not someone who I'd want to represent my team. But he is significantly more composed here in the pros. You're not seeing a lot of Baker Mayfield did this or did that. It's You're only talking about game day. That's all we're talking about. And I think that Baker Mayfield showed that he will commit to a team as much as a team commits to him. Not to say that he, he quit on the team, but I'm just saying like he, he dragged himself out there every week hurt for the good of the team. Um... But we'll see how that saga plays out. Um, 
we're closing in on about 45 minutes on our first episode of the Right Call podcast. I think this is going to be a good stopping point. Episode 2 is going to be coming. I'm going to have my co-host on the next episode. Um, We're going to talk about the Lakers again. Uh, Specifically, we're going to talk about our thoughts on Anthony Davis being traded. We're going to talk more about LeBron and what I think he should do. Um, And then we'll see what else happens uh, between now and episode two. Uh, I'm really excited. I hope this to be the first of very many episodes of the Right Call podcast. Thanks everyone who listened and uh, we'll catch you next time. Uh, If there's anything you guys want us to talk about, hey, send us some ideas. Send us some comments. We're more than happy to accommodate that here on this podcast. And, uh, you know, we'll... We'll work it in and we'll we'll interact with our fans. Uh, That being said, we wish everyone a great time. Be safe out there. You know, we are still living in some unprecedented times and some uncertain times, but it looks like we're starting to get back to some normalcy. But as always, I wish everyone peace, love, and positivity. Uh, And this is me signing off.